morning. Oh, sorry about that. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Uh, glad everybody's here this morning. Uh, I know there's some that are still, I see you up there, Michael. Thanks for waving and taking responsibility for that one. Um, but if you're out in the parking lot, we're glad you're out there listening to us this morning on your radio. Uh, if you're listening to us online, we're glad that you're here uh, over the World Wide Web. And uh, for those that are here in the building, thank you for coming out this morning. We're grateful that you're here. And uh, if you're visiting with us, if you go out this back door here on your way out, there's a couple tables out there. We just got some information about the church. You can drop by and grab that. Uh, it's got some information about some ministries that we have here at Taylorsville, uh, a way for you to contact the staff. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer uh, what we can throughout the week. And, uh, but we're glad you're here. If you will, stand up. And uh, wave at your neighbor awkwardly or give him a fist bump or whatever since we're still in Corona times. Hopefully this will be behind us soon. 
Uh, but anyways, wave at your neighbor, and uh, we'll continue with worship shortly.
As we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, um, I just want to, I guess on my heart, share what's been on my heart the past few weeks. And I think a lot of you have talk, thought about things like this over this whole crisis we've been in. And that is we live in a world where if you hear something, you can't always believe it, right? <laughs> there's so much deception in our world. There's so many lies. There's so many, even in our own personal lives, we know that there's a lot of deception. And I've read this quote before, but John Piper said, you cannot know what prayer is for until you know that life is war. And he said, to pray is to fight in that war. Scripture says that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Jesus even said concerning Satan, he is a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. And I just felt like as a church, it's important for us at this time more than any that we be the voice of truth. We have the truth. And that we need to have discernment and wisdom in this culture that we live in. And as we pray today, I'm just encouraging you to pray for that. As parents, we need it, don't we? We desperately need wisdom and discernment during these times. Grandparents need that. As a church, we need that. As light and darkness, we have to be people of discernment and wisdom. And that only comes from God. And we need to ask Him for that. So I'm going to ask you as we go to the Lord in prayer just to bow your heads. And let's just begin. Just thank the Lord where you're at right now. Just thank Him for His love, His faithfulness. Thank Him for His truth, His word. If you know Him as Lord and Savior, thank Him for your salvation. Father, we are so thankful that we can be in this place today, that we can boldly approach the throne of grace, where we can boldly say that we know that you hear us and you are with us. And Lord, in this time that we've all been dealing with, not only here, but around the world, Lord, we know that there are so many mistruths, there's so many lies, there's so much deception, and Lord, that has even impacted the church. Lord, we know that we have an enemy, and as followers of you, children of yours. We need to be aware of that, to be on guard, to be ready. And God, right now, we just ask that you give us wisdom and discernment. As parents right now, if you're here, ask the Lord for wisdom and the decisions you're making right now for discernment, that you would know the truth and to know what's best. Pray for your children and your grandchildren right now, that they may hear the voice of truth and to be able to discern what is right and wrong. Lord, we pray for us as, us as a church, Lord, in the decisions that we have to make, our leadership is making in the coming days, that you would give us the wisdom we need. Lord, to know what is true, what is real, and Lord, ultimately what is right and what you desire of us. Lord, help us to stand boldly in your word, to proclaim it boldly, and Lord, to expose the darkness. Lord, we need your wisdom. We pray for truth to be known, for deception to be exposed, for lies to be revealed. We pray for the lost that are blinded right now, that their eyes would be open to the gospel. Deceived minds, Lord, would understand the truth by the power of your spirit, that they would be receptive to receive the gospel that can change life. Lord, we love you and thank you that we have your word. May we be a church that always stands on that word and proclaims the word. We thank you that we can worship you in this place today. May you be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
of the cross, forgiveness and grace. The choir sang power in the blood. As I walked down to the altar to pray, after all of these years and so
Well, amen. I still believe. How about you? Give the Lord praise. Thank you for being here this morning. I still believe that he's resurrected. Aren't you glad that he lives within us and we know him? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 142. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. It's David's cave experience. I think I'm echoing a little bit. David's cave experience. I want to talk to you about that today. David pins this psalm sometime during his cave experience, going from one cave to another. Saul had been hunting him for a long time. And he writes down this psalm not only for that time, but for us today. I think you can apply it to our lives. But I want to read to you the scriptures and then we'll have prayer. If you'll read along, look along with me. David writes this. I cried out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I made supplication. He says, I poured out my complaint before him. I declared before him my trouble. Verse 3 says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. Aren't you glad that God knows the path that you're on and that he's with you? He says, in the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. Look, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul, David says. Verse 5, I cried out to you, O Lord, and said, You are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. David says, Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. The last verse is this. Bring my soul out of prison, that I might praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Aren't you glad that God hears and answers prayer this morning? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the words of David. I thank you for the encouragement that he brings to us this morning through the scriptures. And Father, we pray that your will be done this morning. I pray that you'd give liberty here this morning for your word to be proclaimed. And Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, help us to learn from these scriptures the great truths and to apply them to our life as we live out through this week. And Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In this psalm, David shines the light in the darkness to show us that God answers prayer. Church, I want to encourage you this morning that if you're in a time of your life, I don't know where you're at, but God answers prayer. Keep on praying. God is faithful to hear us and to answer prayer. Like many of us, David was, he was desperate at this time in his life. He struggled with discouragement and depression. Some of you may be discouraged. Some of you may be depressed during this COVID time. I don't know where you're at, but God does, and he cares. And David was delivered through prayer to resume God's praise. That's where God wants us to be. That's the end that God wants us to end up. 
He wants us to end up praising him and worshiping him and to be free in our spirit, to abide in him, to walk with him. But in the darkness of the cave, David found a sanctuary of prayer in this, in this chapter where he could sort out all the scattered fragments of his life to the Lord. He was alone with the Lord in a time of prayer in the darkness of the cave. You know, sometimes God allows us to go through adversity, doesn't he? He allows us to face those things. and He allows us to go through adversity to come into our lives so that we can grow and so that we can turn to him completely for prayer and for guidance. I know what that's like, and many of you do too. God allows those things. At this time, Saul was pursuing David. He was pursuing David with 3,000 chosen men to kill him. David was hiding in the cave with those 400 men in this psalm. And he pins this psalm somewhere during this time. It's a prayer of desperation. David begins to cry out to the Lord because his very life depended on it. I don't know about your prayer life, but I know about mine. Sometimes we have to get desperate for God to hear us. In church, in the day that we live in today, in the world that we're living in now, we need to become desperate in our prayer life. We need to ask God to help us to be more desperate to pray for the needs of our nation, the needs of the world that we're facing, and whatever circumstances you may be going through. God always makes a way of escape, though, doesn't he? When we face things, he makes a way of escape and he aids those he loves. We're not in this alone. I'm glad that we have the Lord on our side. God runs to help his children just like a parent would run to help their child. I believe David had this mindset before we get into this text. David had, if God is on my side, if God is on my side, what shall I fear? Aren't you glad that God's on your side this morning? And that we're not alone, that we don't face life alone, that he's with us and that he walks with us? David said, the Lord is on my side. I shall not fear. Have you ever been in a place in life that you needed God's help and answers that you're facing? David shares this cave experience of how God helped him and how God can help you today. I want us to look at the first thing this morning. David's desperation. David was desperate. And in, in that, we, in his desperation, we look, we look at verse 1, it's David's prayer. He says, I cried out. He, he loudly spoke, he verbally spoke, said, God, to the Lord with my voice, with my voice to the Lord, I made supplication. David was praying loudly. It's so healthy for you to express what you're going through inwardly. It's healthy for you to cry out to the Lord with all of your heart and say, God, I need you. David was in immediate need of God's help. He cries out to the Lord, I need you. You see, when David was penning this psalm, he writes about when Saul came into the cave. He came into the cave and he was there and he really needed God's answers then. There's some things in our lives that we need God's answers now. We need to hear from God. 
So that's where David was. Have you ever needed God's help immediately? You ever almost been in a wreck or an accident and you say, oh God, help me? And he helped you? I need you now, God. The good news is he's listening. When you're crying out in the hardness of, of life and you're saying, God, I'm desperate, I need you now. He's listening. In this next verse in Psalms 56, 8, David writes these words. You know, God bottles your tears and he knows your deepest needs. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're facing and he knows what you will face. He says in here, he says, you keep track of all my sorrow. God cares for you this morning. He cares for your sorrows. And in the next line, it says, you have collected all my tears in your bottle. Thursday, I got to see my little granddaughter. She's seven months old. She's so beautiful. She has her grandmother's eyes. They're blue. She's seven months. Hadn't seen her since she was born. And Grandma and them came in from California. And I want to share this with you. She was crying just a very little bit. And I thought of this verse. God, you have collected my tears in your bottles. From the time that I was born, <clears throat> my young years, my adolescent years, my teens, my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, and now I'm 50s. And I'm not going to say any more. <laughs> but God will, he will collect all of your tears. Why? You have recorded each one of them. You have recorded each one in your book. Every time that you have a brokenness, every time that you have a concern, God writes it down and he bottles your tears. Have you ever read the end of the book, Revelation? The Bible says that we'll bring our tears as an offering of praise for him. God cares about us. And he cared about David where David was. He loved David. God cares about your sorrows. He cares about what you're going through. So pray, cry out to him in desperation. He will hear you and he will answer your prayers. I want you to know this. God's on his throne. He's in control. He's on his throne. A few weeks ago, I was in, I was in uh, my office and I got a text from Crystal. Crystal said I could share this. She said this, it was July the 28th. I went back and looked at my text. She said to ask me to pray for her difficult surgery that she was going to have in a couple hours. And if things don't go well, to conduct her funeral. I went, whoa. So immediately, I text her back and I said, Crystal, can I call you? So I called Crystal. And I said, Crystal, can I have prayer with you? And we had prayer over the phone. Crystal was desperate. She had desperation. She needed God's presence. She needed God's peace in her life. She said, if I don't make it through this surgery, I want you to do my funeral. She was desperate. And David was desperate to hear from God immediate need. We all need peace, don't we? Well, what you don't know about Crystal, a little over four years ago, Crystal was in a car wreck, and her husband died in her lap. We went down to visit the family. And later on, she wasn't a Christian. Her husband told her these words. Honey, 
I'm a Christian, but that's something you have to do for yourself. Something you have to do for yourself. And that just kept going over and over in her mind, and she became a Christian because of that. And she was baptized here. Can I say this this morning? God cares for your sorrows. He cares because he hears our, us when we become desperate in our prayer life. So let me encourage you this morning to become desperate and say, God, hear me this morning. God answers prayer. That's where Crystal was. Church, I want to challenge you this morning with these scriptures. In these most uncertain days, with COVID and all the, fa all the unrest that we're facing, we need God's help. We need God's help as never before. We need to cry out to him in prayer and say, God, heal our land. Bring revival to the church. And then stand in front of the Lord and say, God, bring revival to me. Forgive me. We need to become desperate in the church in America because people are at unrest and they don't know the Lord. I want to read this verse to you. It's a powerful verse. It's in, I don't have it on the screen. Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in him, the Lord, at all times. Trust in him at all times. Not just in the good times and the bad times, but all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Aren't you glad that he is and when we can go to him in prayer? He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our hope of every day. And the next thing I want to share with you is this. Not only David's prayer, but David's protest. David's sharing his heart here. When you come before the Lord, do you have any complaints at all? Do you bring it to God, your complaints, your problems? We should. We should be very transparent in our prayer life and say this. I poured out my complaint before him. I declared before him my trouble. David is in the greatest need for God to hear and answer prayer. Where are you this morning? What is your needs? God, when are you going to hear me, David, say? How long is it going to be? David is getting ready to find out. God's going to answer him soon. But David is protesting when. David's saying, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, God, I'm in the, this cave, hiding in despair. I've been hiding in caves for a long time. God, it's been almost 10 years. Almost 10 years I've been running from Saul. When are you going to answer my prayers? To fulfill your promises, God, what are you going to do, God? Have you ever felt like that? God, when are you going to do something? Well, that's how David felt. God, when are you going to do something? When are you going to answer me? You promised in your word that I would be the king of Israel. And I've been running 10 years like an animal hiding in a cave. Sometimes we have complaints when we come before the Lord, don't we? That's okay. God wants us to be transparent. He wants us to be open and honest with him. God, if you don't do something now, this is David's attitude. God, if you don't do something now, all will be lost. My life depends on it. I have some really good news for you this morning. Jesus said, come to me. Jesus said, come to me. 
If you're desperate in your prayer life, you're going through a difficult time, Jesus said, come to me. All you are what? Are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You come to Jesus this morning. I promise you that he'll help you. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, 11 and 30, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just come to me. Abide in me. Know me. Walk with me. And he'll abide in you. And he'll walk with you. And he'll be with you. David prayed and poured out his heart to the Lord because he was getting discouraged. You ever get discouraged? I think we all do. They were honest, were transparent before the Lord. So there's David's discouragement. He says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. These are some really good words. When you're discouraged, then you knew my path. In the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare before me. Have you ever been in a place again where you seem all alone? There were... And with no way out, with everything seems impossible for you to overcome. Some people have. They're in despair. The good news is God is the God of the impossible. With God, all things are possible. God can hear you, and God can answer your prayers. Not only that, he'll aid you through them. God knows where you are and what lies ahead. These are some powerful verses. David writes them back in Psalm 139, verse 5. He says this, You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. God knows exactly where you are this morning. He loves you. He cares for your soul. He cares about all your sorrow. But David says, He hedged me behind. He knows where I've been, and before means ahead. He knows where I'm going, and His hand is upon me. He knows exactly where you are this morning. He knows your heart, and he wants to help you through life when you're discouraged. He wants to lift us up out of our discouragement that we might praise him and glorify him as Lord of lords and King of kings. That's his desire for us this morning. And then God protects what concerns him. God protects what concerns him. He says, in the way in which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me what's David saying Saul and his men everywhere I go they're, they're, they're out there they're looking for my life he not only has 3,000 men that are looking for me but he has the whole nation looking for me they want to kill me but look what let's, let's see what David did he writes in Psalms, 1, uh, Psalms 35 verses 7 and 8 David is praying not only about his enemy but he's praying against his enemy you know, we sang a song a while ago about spiritual warfare, or Kevin read something about spiritual warfare. Well, David was in a spiritual warfare, and he begins to pray not only about his enemy, but he, he prays against his enemy. Sometimes in our prayer life, we have to pray against the darkness, against the evil that we face every day. I know, I know in other countries that where I've been to, they've been a, a, a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare, and you can actually feel the spiritual warfare that's going on. So David is praying in a spiritual battle, and he prays this, For without cause they have hid their net for me in a pit, which they have dug without cause for my life. David said they're, they're trying to catch me at every place to destroy me. 
Listen to verse 8, Psalms 35, verse 8. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly, and let this net that he has hidden catch himself, and to the very destruction let him fall. That's pretty powerful praying. And then he says this in verse 9, Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord. Well, that's what exactly happened to Saul. We're going we're gonna to see that at the end of this passage. He fell into the very trap that he had hid for David. God took care of his business. And listen, God will protect what concerns him. I shared this verse with a lady. I was in China in 2010. And I said, I've been studying this passage for about, ten, for about two or three months. And I shared it with her. And she opened her Bible to the very same chapter. And this was her interpretation. God protects what concerns him. She is a farmer. She is an old lady, a Chinese Christian lady. But listen, she had a lot of wisdom. She said, God protects what concerns him. Church, this morning you're protected. God's going to look over you. He's going to watch over your life. He's going to protect you. He's going to hear you out of your desperation when you're praying. And when you're discouraged, he's going to lift you up. Have you ever felt like you're in a dark place and need answers from the Lord? I have. It's not a good place to be, but God puts us there to grow us. He puts us there to, main, to help us to grow closer to him. Saul was motivated by jealousy to kill David because David, because God had anointed him to be the king of Israel. However, David, 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 God is David's security and his provider. I want you to look at the next thing, God's provision for David. God's provision. He says, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge and my portion. God, you're my refuge. You're my hiding place. You're the one that I can come to and find safety and security in the land of the living. You're my provision. David began to think back. He began to think back in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, and verses 2, 12, and 13. The Lord told Samuel, Samuel, get the horn of the oil. And go down to Jesse's house and go down and look at his sons. He said, I have chosen for myself a king, a king for Israel. And I will show you who that will be. And Samuel takes the horn of the oil and he goes down to Jesse's house and he goes through all the sons and not a one of them. And Samuel says to Jesse, do you not have another son? And he said, look, out into the field is my son David. He is a shepherd. He's keeping the sheep. Call him in. And David came in, and the Bible says that he was ruddy and good-looking, and he had beautiful eyes. <laughs> he was a handsome young man. And he came before him. The Spirit of God fell on David. And the Spirit of God fell on Samuel. And they anointed him before his family as the king of Israel. And you see, David remembered that. In the recesses of the cave, he remembered that God's promises are real. Church, God's promises are real. And he will fulfill every one of them. He remembered that. God and David had anointed David to be the king. And he said, I remember that time. Through God's promises, David was motivated to press forward 
because God was his provider. God is his provision. The next thing is this, depression. David's depression. There's a lot of people being depressed over COVID-19. I'm about done with it, aren't you? I'm sorry we're having to go through this and face all the difficulties that we face. It's real. It's very real. I'm not discounting it. But there's David's depression. David's depression, he says, I attend to my cry for I am brought very low. See, David's in emotions. He thought about the promises that God had given him to be king, and now he is brought very low. His emotions are up here. That's what happens in depression. And then they're way down here. They're up here. You ever been there? Some of you are. Some of you have been. But I got good news for you. God wants to help you through the depression when you go through it. He wants to deliver you out of it. So I cried out. And verse 4 says, Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. David felt all alone. You ever feel all alone? All by yourself? He says, Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul, David said. David was at his breaking point. He was at his breaking point. He had been running from Saul for all these years. He was hunted like an animal. He was, he was tired of living in a cave. He was questioning God's promises again that he would be the king. And he prayed this prayer, Deliver me from my persecutors. Is anybody persecuting you today? I don't know. There's a lot of people in other countries that are Christians that are being persecuted and murdered and martyred for their faith. They're being killed by the hundreds and by the thousands. They know what it's like. Church, we need to pray for them. David said, deliver me from my persecutors. We don't know what it's like to be hunted for 10 years, do we? Day and night. Depression's real. What David was facing was real. What you're facing is real. Thousands were searching for him. David was... Those who helped David and his trying to escape from Saul's wrath, they were slaughtered like animals. They were killed. Whole villages were killed because they would, they would help David. David was carrying the guilt of those who had been murdered by Saul for helping him. He had that depression. Not only was there tens, but there were twenties, there were hundreds. There were hundreds of people that were slaughtered because they helped David. And one of those was a priest. In 1 Samuel 22, verses 16 and 18, I'm not going to read that to you because of time. Ahimelech, he was the priest. Ahimelech and the people of that village had helped David. They had met his needs and David had went on and Saul comes in and he said, you have helped David. And he says, I have. He said, you will surely die. You and all your house are going to die. And he turned to his guards and he said to the guards, guards, take your swords and kill the priest. And they would not, they would not raise their sword against God's anointed they would not touch the priest and then Saul turned to another man and he said you take your sword and you kill the priest and he took his sword and in that day the scripture says that he slayed 85 priests 
Not only did they kill the priests, they killed the women, they killed the children, they killed the animals, they killed everything in the village because of jealousy. Because Saul hated David and he was jealous. That's what jealousy will do. The Bible says to love your brother. If you don't love your brother, you don't know God. And then one of the young men, the son, one of the sons escaped, Abathar, and he ran to David, and he said to David, Saul has killed the priest of the Lord. In the last verse, in 1 Samuel 22, chapter 22, verse 22, in the very last part it says this, David says, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. That's why David was depressed. He said, I've caused the death of all the members of your family. David was dealing with great depression, and he needed God's help. He was desperate. He was crying out to the Lord because there was a man in the cave, and his name was Saul, and he was coming after David. David was desperate. He was discouraged. He was depressed, and he needed God's help. When someone you love dies, it can cause you to experience some depression. How do you move forward? You do like David. You move forward, you pray, and you trust God. When someone you love dies and you care for, it can cause you to have that kind of depression. Jesus said this. He promises us one day that we'll, there'll be no more death. There'll be no more separation. I just want to park right here this morning and encourage those who've lost loved ones. I was looking in my uh, coat this morning, and I, I brought out one of our senior adults. She passed away. We've lost four senior adults in our church body in the last month or so. This is little Juanita. Done. And I was thinking, when we lose a mother, I lost my mother back in April. I know what it's like. I know the hurt that comes with death. But I also know the promise that Jesus said that we'll see each other again. Do you know I've not shed one tear? I've not shed one tear over my mom's passing. I don't know if that's healthy or not. But I'm going to be very transparent with you this morning. The reason I have not shared, because my mom and I, we would sit down and we would pray about heaven. We'd pray about going to heaven and being with Jesus, our Savior. And she was ready to go. That's one reason I rejoice with her. Yeah, my little two-year-old granddaughter jumped up on my mom's lap when she was in a nursing facility, and mama hugged her and loved her. And, and she came across a picture the other day, and she saw my mom, and she said, Granny Dot. <laughs> and she did. I almost broke down and cried. I loved my mother. We took care of her for two years. But I'm saying that to say this. God knows where you're at. He knows if you're going through depression, if you've lost someone you love, and he wants to raise you up out of it. He has the power to do it. But he said these words to Martha when Lazarus died. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That's the promise we have this morning. We have Christ abiding in us. David, in his life, he was endowed with power. Christ was on him, but today Christ is in us. And we can walk with him and he with us. 
Jesus said, greater things shall you do because I'm with you. The Holy Spirit is walking in you and through you. You have the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have the hope of the gospel. That's not in my notes. David was getting ready to make one of the most important decisions of his life, and I'm going to hurry and finish. However, with much prayer, he totally trusted God to lead him. Church, the only way that we can move forward is in prayer, with prayer. David's decision, one of the last things I want to talk about, David's decision. He says, deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. They were outside the cave. There were 3,000 men. I only have 400. Do you think David's going to win? With God's help, he will. 1 Samuel 24, Saul enters into the cave to use the restroom and to, and to lay down and to rest. And David was there with his 400 men. David was left with a decision to make. Listen to what David did. Whether to kill Saul or to spare his life, his men said, the Lord has delivered Saul into your hands. Kill him. Get this over with, David. Take his life. And David goes down and he, he cuts off the hem of his robe, a piece of his robe, and he cuts it off. The Bible says that it bothered David that he did that. He said, I can't do this. I cannot touch God's anointed. I cannot take his life. It would be wrong. So he listened to the word of God where the word of God says to not touch my anointed. He didn't listen to his men. He listened to the word of God in his prayer life. Church, that's what we have to do. We have to listen to the scriptures. We have to listen to the word of God that encourages us and gives us faith and strengthens our faith every day. It would have been easy for David to take his life, but he wanted to honor God not men. David chose to listen to God, didn't he? If we're ever going to overcome our fears, if we're ever going to overcome our fears and the uncertain future we face, we must pray earnestly and cry out to the Lord, trusting Him for the greater outcome. Believing that He's a rewarder and that He's a rewarder to those who diligently seek Him. God hears you this morning. He knows your desperation. We have no right to make a decision without earnest prayer. As a Christian, as leadership, we have no right. We have no right to make a decision without earnest prayer. We need to pray about the things that we do, the decisions that we make. Listen, Saul was outside. And this is what David did. When Saul left, he went outside the cave and, and David went after him. When Saul left the cave, David went after him and he confronted him before the Lord with righteous indignation. He said, my Lord, the king. And, and Saul turned around and he looked at David and David was bowed down with humility. And Saul looked at him, is that you, David? He said, yes, it's me. He said, don't believe your men. Don't believe what they're telling you. I don't want to do you any harm. 
I've not come to bring you harm. That's not who I am. And he held up the piece of the garment. He said, may the Lord judge between you and I this day. You know what Saul did? The Bible says he cried. He cried out. He said, David, you're more righteous than I. You surely will be the king of Israel. But if you become the king of Israel, swear to me that you will not take my family's life. And the scripture says that he swore to Saul that I will not take your kids' lives. The last thing is this, David's deliverance and we're done. Thank you for being patient. David's deliverance. Saul went home. Saul went to his house. And David went up to the stronghold. Now David's deliverance and praise. Bring my soul out of prison that I might praise your name. He didn't say his physical body. He said his soul. Some of us that are in this room and that are listening, our soldiers are in bondage. Jesus said who the Son has set free is free indeed. But there are some of us that are not free this morning. David writes this psalm that our soul may be free. Free from despair. Free from discouragement. Free from depression. God wants to set you free. Free in your spirit that you might worship him and that there may be nothing between you and him. Abide in him this morning. He wants to set you free. We'll never experience the victory God has for us until we pray with desperation. Until we pray with desperation while trusting God's promises. Listen, we must always listen to the Lord and trust God's word like David did and never take things into our own hands. Sometimes we want to take things into our own hands instead of pray. David didn't listen to men, but prayerfully listened to the scriptures. You shall not touch my anointed. In closing is this. David's prayers are being answered. Through his cave experience, he would confront Saul. Yes, he would. But he would, he would go from a cave to a castle very soon. And from despair to experience God's promises fulfilled in his life. Saul would fall on his own sword in the battle with the Philistines. And he would die there. And they would take his body and they would nail it on the wall. And David would no longer be hunted. But he would be the king of Israel. God keeps his promises. God answers prayers. God hears your sorrows. He bottles your tears. He bottles your tears. And he writes each one down. God cares for you this morning. God loves you this morning. Christ died for you this morning. Those that you don't, do not know him, he died for your sins to give you eternal life. Trust him this morning. So, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. This month, I've been a Christian 41 years. 
I was 18 years old. You do the math. This month, I rejoice in the Lord. I've been changed. I've been transformed. Christ lives in me. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus, I beg you to come to him. He's here. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you a hope. I'll answer your prayers. In closing in prayer, I want you to join me in prayer. Let's close in prayer. The Lord is here today to set you free. The Lord hears our desperation. He knows your desperation. Are you crying out to Him? You can. God answers prayer. Cry out to Him this morning. Say, God, I need you. The Lord knows our discouragement. When your spirit seems overwhelmed, listen, Jesus comes to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to hear you today where you're at. He knows where you're at. He understands your sorrows. The Lord understands if you're going through depression. Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to him this morning. I promise you he'll deliver you. God's faithful to deliver you this morning so that we can resume praise with him. David's soul was set free from prison. He wants to set you free this morning. Jesus came to lay down his life for us that we would be set free. If you want to be set free this morning, let me encourage you to come to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that is encouraging. We thank you, Lord, that through our desperate cries that you're faithful to hear and to answer prayer. And Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that when we're discouraged, you're our encourager. And Father, when we're depressed, you're the one who uplifts our head. And Father, when we, we come before you and we're delivered, we need to praise you. We need to be free of all these things that we can praise you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. If this row right here, if you guys want to be dismissed, uh, y'all can go on out and then the other...